Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Hilaritas Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gathers. Hilaritas Press has just released Lion of Light, Robert Anton Wilson on Alistair Crowley. Stop what you're doing right now, pause the podcast, and buy this book. And, 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 as this episode releases on Maybe Day, the 23rd of July, 2023, the 50th anniversary of Bob's serious experience, Bobby Campbell has assembled another fantabulous Maybe Day multimedia extravaganza. Head on over to maybeday.net and check that out. And when you're done with all that, join me here as we explore the vast world of iconic writer, psychedelic psychologist, rebel philosopher, and self-proclaimed agnostic mystic, Robert Anton Wilson. Visit us at hilaritaspress.com slash podcast for show notes, links, and past episodes. In this very serious episode, releasing on the 50th anniversary of Bob's profound experience of maybe, I chat with the good Reverend Ivan Stang, co-founder of the Church of the Subgenius. I laughed for three whole days! <laughs> People were digging tunnels. People were hiding in caves. People were people were trying to escape. I was sitting there laughing like a lunatic because I had a wreath in my pineal gland. But then, then I had only achieved bliss. I had not achieved enlightenment. Then I let Bob into my bank account. Four hours, I was flat on my ass broke. But I, I had slack. I had Ivan Stang, welcome to the Hilaritas Podcast. Why, thank you, Mike. I'm, I'm uh, really, really happy to be on uh, involved in anything related to uh, my my old uh, helper and buddy, Pope Bob. Ah, praise Bob. Well, all the Bobs. Praise all the Bobs. Pope, Pope Bob, Bob Wilson, doesn't have quotes on his Bob name see whereas ah. jr bob dobbs our guru our missing in action guru is uh, uh he's the quotes i think the quotes on the bob uh serve to contain his sometimes wrathful energy and magic ah. and it also it also is a dead giveaway of bobby's and uh, you know, fair weather subgeniuses who can't even bother to spell Bob's name right—that—that's the dead giveaway. If if you see somebody <laughs> on Facebook going, "Oh yeah, praise Bob," and they spell Bob in all caps as if that saves the problem of of the, the quote marks, but man, those quote marks on Bob's name 
that's how, what differentiates him from ah. all the other Bobs. It's the most common name in the English language, so which causes uh, beginning young schizophrenic subgeniuses to sometimes think it's true. It's magic. Bob is everywhere. Well, well yeah. <laughs> Bob is everywhere. It's a world of Bobs, man. There's even conventions of people named Bob Smith, I think. So the, the quotes distinguish the true believers from the uh, the false prophets. Is that that's one of yeah, it's one of the main things, at least on text. <laughs> you can't you can't tell in speech. You don't really hear the quotes. Right. You have to air quote it. Right. You... Oh by the way, we're we're working on uh, an AI copy of Bob's brain, which is not difficult because he's, you know, he's not like the smartest subgenius. That's not his claim to fame. He's lucky, not smart. Ah. But, you know, when, when, as we used to say, when was the last time brains got you laid? Well, lots of people will go, well, that's about the only way. But the, uh, the you know, it's as Bob said, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Somebody else may have also said that. (laughs) I never can tell. We'd have to look it up. And as as I understand it, no one has ever seen Bob light his pipe. Is he the keeper of the eternal flame? Yeah, it never seems to go out. That's you're you're right. And he, no one can remove it from his mouth but him. Uh Uh, Yeah, even his his wife can't budge it. If you look at the picture of him real close, it's the pipe is fit into against his teeth. He doesn't have his mouth open at all to 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 hold, you know, to be biting the pipe. It's almost like the pipe goes through one of the teeth and it roots in his brain or his jaw or something. Or some people suspended. think that the some people think that the pipe is the controlling entity. Oh. That Bob is just a hollow shell, and that the, the pipe is a some sort of an, an alien intelligence, or he's just some, the transmission of the power of the pipe. Yeah, but how are we going to check that? You know, we don't know. Right, he's full of mystery. That that was Bob, my thought. Bob, Bob plays in mysterious ways to just surrender to the mystery, right? Yeah, hands up. <laughs> don't don't shoot i'm a man i'm a subgenius anyway i uh, have to admit i'm feeling rather subgenius today because i accidentally cracked the screen on my laptop and, oh no uh, yeah Ow. i cl- i had uh the little mouse dongle removed and was sitting on the keyboard when i closed the laptop and that cracked the screen so maybe i am uh, in fact a subgenius a reluctant well, subgenius. It's a lot more people can qualify for subgenius than genius. <laughs> you know, those those Mensa people. Oh God, they're unbearable. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, that's they, the... any, any, yeah. Anybody who thinks they know what intelligence is, they're not demonstrating a huge amount of intelligence. I, I, I don't think we are qualified to really decide who's the smartest person in the room. The one saying they are is definitely not the one. Right. Well, so if Mensa is the top 2% that qualifies as genius, does that make the 98% the rest of us automatically? No, no you're, only a, no, you're only a sub-genius if you send in your oh, 40, right. 40, 
four ninety nine. Okay, five dollars off special right now. Oh, people, yeah. I said we was we we said thirty five dollars for about twenty years and uh, inflation. We, inflation we is yeah, it's up with it's, everybody. It's basically we're gonna it's gonna be fifty bucks soon. But you get a lot for you get a pretty good little um, you get a pretty good little ordainment package. It's it's got uh, just about everything you would need. There's a little minister's minister's card. I, I performed. Okay. I've lost count of how many ma- marriages I've performed, honestly. And um, you know, you get your all your decoder, your decoder pens, your stickers, oh, bumper, bumper stickers. stickers. Yeah, this huge uh, proclamation. This is the official divine excuse, <laughs> all inclusive excuse. Lawyers love this thing. Uh, and uh, and here's a doctorate of the forbidden sciences, so that you're. Well, I didn't realize it comes with a doctorate. That's fantastic. Oh heck yeah, yeah, we're all doctors here, and we and the our 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 uh, little minister's card uh, has is um, very very much inspired by uh, the Discordian's Pope card, right. Wilson used to make everybody a pope as soon as he met him. Well, we we charge him, um, <laughs> but we also him, we also encourage people to join the Universal Life Church just in case because they're they're better known than Church of the Subgenius. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty pretty nice little little package of lifetime membership. Like you really can per- perform. Uh, Real real marriages, that's not something that the state decides who is a minister, uh, thank goodness. At least so far they don't. Sometimes you have to pay a fee to the, to a city. But, right. But marriages are usually done by city rules rather than uh, county or state or federal or um, God. Well, and, and, and <laughs> yeah, but the real money—the real money—is in divorce. Of course, you know you don't make any. I I I charge maybe two hundred bucks to, for to to hitch a couple, and uh, but the the real money is in when they break up. That's the the lawyers. They, I wish we could give law degrees out. Hey, wait with AI, we probably could. Hey. That, <laughs> Maybe you're onto something there. Well, yeah, AIs can pass a bar exam. Right. If you use AI, does that make you a genius then? That somehow disqualify? No, no, it's all the more, it's it's more slackful that way, right? You don't have to to really think much. You just ask the AI to do it for you. I, 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 wrote and illustrated a comic book using all AI just recently. Uh, we just put it on sale in our catalog. It sold pretty well. It's full color, slick paper, 16 pages, and there's no humans in it, so it doesn't have that creepy problem of the hands all being yeah, yeah and, and stuff. It's all, uh, it's about how after the humans destroyed most life on Earth, Rotifers and tardigrades 
are left and they they evolve intelligence and start competing and then they destroy the world warring with each other all over again oops spoiler alert ah, but yeah, well. it was it was um I basically started out just asking the AI to write a science paper about that fact. And then I went, hey, write a comic book script. And I had it write about 10 of them, and they were terrible, all of them. But they all had one cool idea that I wouldn't have thought of myself. So I kind of spliced them all together and then just started requesting images of rotifers and tardigrades. And and most people don't know what those things look like anyway, so... You know, it's this. It, they do. They're beautiful looking monsters in the comic book. Nice. So I'm I'm working on a new book now, the uh, reincarnation subhistory of the world with an atlas that's going to tell the true story of all history. The, the Noah's Ark part is the best because it's got dinosaurs. Ah, fantastic! The true true and, story of history. Yeah, and, and we know a lot about Noah's Ark because uh, it sank here in Glenrose, Texas. Well, there were two arcs, see? There was the one, and then there was another one full of all the animals and things nobody wanted. That's, that's the subgeniuses, the yetis, the chupacabras. A lot of dinosaurs uh, managed to... to, 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 to they, it sank here, but they they more like shipwreck. I ah. can show people the... It, it just looks like an old torn down house now, but it's the, it is the remnants of Noah's Ark. Um, yeah, we have a lot of evidence. We have a fossil alien here from the Ooh. Cretaceous that, you know, they, it was the aliens that killed the dinosaurs more than anything. Uh, they had an accident during a picnic. Uh, yeah, we've got fossil alien. We've got fossil uh, a fossil robot skeleton, if you can imagine that. It's a robot that turned to stone. Probably belonged to the uh. alien. And fossil uh, subgeniuses, uh, cave subgeniuses. We call them, we, to the rubes who pay $5 to see them, we call them Adam and Eve. But they're really Adam and Steve. Okay. <laughs> you know how You know how people are. Uh, yeah, some some people, some people. That would be scandalous. Yeah, don't let that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you though, uh, when when uh, uh, of of the all the weddings, subgenius marriages I've done, uh, quite a few of them were were trans people before they even had a word for that. Oh. Yeah, we there's there's been the church apparently they a lot of folks that are. What they what they now call non-binary, uh, they they seem to intuitively understand. Nobody's going to give them a hard time in the Church of the Subgenius because it's a church for weirdos. It's a church for everyone. Well, especially weirdos. No, no, no. Well, well, actually, you know, the funny thing is when Philo, it's not just me. It was Philo Drummond and me. Uh, Philo's busy today, though, um, <laughs> and he. I mean, he he actually. He actually, he, strangely enough, he's nearby. He's helping his oh. parents. Yeah. Normally, he lives on, a, on his own farm in Kentucky now. But he's still real involved. And, um, of course, we're getting older, so there's a new guy that's probably going to be the next sacred scribe. That's uh, Reverend Onan Canobite. Uh, he's, okay. he's, he'll, he'll be the next stang 
but with a very completely different flavor, I'm sure. Well, as I understand it, there was uh, several, a few hundred before you, but they didn't last long. Is that right? No, I'm, I'm sacred scribe number 273. Okay. And uh, yeah, they, 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 Bob burned them out pretty quick. Okay. He, he, uh, he stayed away from me. <laughs> the only time I ever saw Bob in person was the night he was shot. He was only alive for about a minute or two. I couldn't believe it. I, I, we weren't expecting Bob. Was we had this big show in San Francisco, biggest show we ever did before or since. Uh, it was like a huge theater. We we were way out of our league, but all these people showed up, uh, including a lot of celebrities. And on the last night, Bob suddenly walked out on stage, and just as soon as he started waving to the audience, one of the sub geniuses ran up and shot him with a handgun, killed him. Because oh. he had said, you know, if you meet me on the highway, kill me. Okay. So I the think prophecy he swiped, is he swiped, that, he swiped that from Buddha. Right. Yeah. But the prophecy is now fulfilled then. Oh, it got fulfilled over and over again. It turned into a fad. Uh, he showed up, uh, you know, because Bob's like a cartoon character. He get exploded and he's just kind of looks singed and has band-aids on him. So he he bounced back somehow or another and got shot in L.A. about a year later. And then he quit showing up at those things. Funny how that happens. Well, he, so he keeps resurrecting. He's like Kenny in South Park. Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, and but, uh, but like I say, he avoids subgenius uh, uh, events. And it sounds like as he should. Hazardous to his health. It was hazardous to my health. That's why my back is going out. <laughs> uh, we still we still do the annual uh, every year. We gather at, on July fifth somewhere and wait for the saucers to come uh, because Bob said the world would end on July fifth, nineteen ninety eight. Right. Well, obviously, we don't really know what year this is. Right, or maybe we just had a different zero point. The conspiracy has been working for centuries to discredit Bob by twiddling calendars and things. That's our guess. So this year might be 1998. And uh, the event this year is uh, in a campground outside of Tampa, Florida. Okay. I don't I don't think it's going to be real big. They, they've gotten smaller each year uh, because the world keeps refusing to end. Everybody's ready for it, boy. Come on, saucers, come take me away. Right. Take me away, oh, oh escape vessels. Because Bob swung a deal where if you spend, what, forty four ninety nine now on Church of the Subgenius, not only will you live forever, not die during the apocalypse, but you get to do the apocalypse your way. You can yeah. go back and punish teachers that slapped your wrist unfairly. I'm going to have to bring several of them back to life to get revenge on them. Well, and, that is a uh, deal. I have a few on my list. Well, well, that's the thing. A lot of subgeniuses have enemies lists of people they want to remember to kill first on X day when they get superpowers and all Bob's prophecies come true. I'm more of a collector. I want to preserve stuff. I'm going to have a really large planet-sized escape vessel because you can anything you wish for comes true. Hey. And I've, I've got d d dubs on the Grand Canyon, 
the Rijksmuseum in Amsterdam, the British Museum, uh, a big dinosaur warehouse in Arizona. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of stuff I'm going to... Actually, you know, I could just say, make me a copy of Planet Earth, but without people on it. Yeah. Except, except for those needed to maintain some beautiful old cities I want to keep, like Venice. Um, you know, that's Rock City in Tennessee, places like that. I thought I'd turn this. Maybe that's Bob. <laughs> yeah, that would that would just figure. You know, the one time I put it on airplane mode. Uh, oh, actually, that was reminding me to uh, hop on the pod. I'm I'm playing this phone game called uh, Trailer Park Boys Greasy Money. <laughs> uh, I'm a big Trailer Park Boys fan, and uh, it's stupid. It's one of those idle harvest games. The, the kids that know what I'm talking about. I, I I injured my neck playing action video games. You know where you have to like fight right. monsters like this. It, it, hurt my neck to do that so now i'm playing old man games phone games yeah phone games monster hunter almost killed me <laughs> the monsters in the monster hunter game just about okay. killed me but um, but uh you know, I was, uh, the, this podcast is is largely centered around things relating to robert anton wilson's body of work right correct well, we owe that guy, uh, him and Bob Shea, uh, big time. And mm. we've never made any bones about that. I've been, you know, real, real upfront about that. I, uh, in, in the late seventies, I was in a, an Albertson's drugstore and there was this paperback book with a yellow submarine on it and it caught my mm. eye. And it seemed to be completely insane. It was the first volume of Illuminatus. And I started reading that. It, it starts at a rock festival, and the names of the bands were so funny and so great. And you could tell the people who wrote this, uh, they, they read comic books. They, they like the Three Stooges. They like the same stupid stuff we do. I later came to realize why Wilson and Shade knew everything. They'd been working at Playboy doing the advice column. So before Google, so they had to yeah, find right? and plus they got kook mail. You know, a magazine like Playboy attracts a lot of kook mail and so forth. I know what that's like, and <laughs> um, everything about that they they describe discordianism in there, and uh, I thought it was all made up by them. I mean, I thought I didn't understand that it had been around since the late 50s and uh so in a way that idea of this fictional nutty religion it was very helpful uh my buddy and i had already been thinking about making a like a little insane pamphlets that con confused every conspiracy theory we knew about then and just the idea was to leave them around in laundromats or, mm. or drop lift them. We would take them into little bookstores and comic book shops and secret without, when the owner didn't know, leave a stack of them there. 
and then people would come to the counter to pay a dollar for this little pamphlet, and then the owner would go, "What? I don't. Where'd that come from?" So they're they're uh, oh, where are those? This is the uh, subgenius pamphlet number one. It's been reprinted. I've probably there's probably God. There's got to be at least two hundred thousand copies out there. Our our the book of the subgenius is still in print. Strangely enough, it's been in print for twenty five years. No, no, I guess it'd be twenty years now. No, thirty. What am, yeah, yeah, from nineteen eighty. 81 or so when the first, the book came out over too. 30 years yeah 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 and um and and it, collectively all of our books have sold over 100,000 copies but it's just a few a month you know um oh we this is what I was getting to with the discordian thing yeah damn it I don't have it we just re, re, we just printed a book we published a book by Carrie Thornley okay just about uh, four months ago, called Jailbird. And it's it's um, mainly about his perceived connection to this Kennedy assassination. He felt that this is the guy who co-wrote the Principia Discordia, right? Correct. Yes. Hill and some other folks. And uh, but when he was living in New Orleans, he he encountered a couple of a couple of of uh, people who. He then decided later we're, we're trying to groom him in case Oswald didn't work out. And he had actually known Lee Harvey Oswald in the Marines and had written a book based on Oswald right, before the, the assassination. Ones. Anyway, he wrote he 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 wrote about his experiences with these guys at great length, and it was never really collected all together. They the, a lot of it was was there. But our friend uh, Onan Canabite, who also knew Thornley and corresponded with him like we did, uh, got he put it all he put it all together. I mean, Thornley's been dead for twenty years now, but we we got his book out, and it's the way he wanted it to be. It has the title. It's really thick. I've been surprised that more Discordians haven't uh, heard about it or bought it. I tried to advertise it on there. Facebook pages and stuff, but yeah, it's uh, Carrie Thornley's last and biggest book, and it's got a lot of really funny stuff in the appendix. At the end of it, it goes all Discordian and subgeniusy, and he talks about Bob and Eris and all that in a very sarcastic way. He was he was really funny. He also was a paranoid schizophrenic in the end. Yeah, yeah. The sad thing is his book opens with him talking about how worried he is about becoming a paranoid schizophrenic. He doesn't mm. sound at all crazy. His book sounds, it's it's really entertaining. It's very well written. He does not sound crazy at all. And, uh, but he did, eventually he got to where he could barely, you know, talk to people. Yeah, it almost sounds like he became a victim of his own joke. Um, uh, sort of. Uh, well, except that he they it, it he might have been actually being groomed for to, to fall in. He hated Kennedy for odd reasons, and that we later <laughs> makes sense more sense now that we we know more about that stuff. But he, uh, yeah, he was he he, he wasn't. 
crazy when it all started. That Kennedy right. thing, man, it'll be get too far into that can of worms and that's a talk about a rabbit hole. That's, yeah. That's yeah. a nasty one. You you learn too much. You never learn the real the final answer, but you learn a whole lot of other stuff that you it's probably good to know, but really horrible. And there seems to be no bottom to the rabbit hole. It just keeps going. Right. And of course, some of that stuff's still going on, you know. Yeah. We we we'll find out later, as always. Who knows what the homeland security's really got going on? I I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> See, Churchill's lot- subgenius is just a joke. Because I mean, if we thought this stuff was for real, why they'd lock us up? Right. Up like Carrie Thornley, poor bastard. <laughs> Everything we're speaking about her is just allegedly. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, it's just satire, you know, it's just part of the satire. All those okay. mentally ill people, the the all the all those diseases, that's just part of the joke. <laughs> and it's just, you know, we're just making a point. We're mirroring society. You know, we're just a mirror of, of society. It's all art. This is yeah. all done in the name of art. Yeah, that, that was that was Lenny Bruce's excuse and look what happened to him. Oh my yeah, well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's not the right path to go down. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'm not, you know, it's funny. I, I spent my career sort of doing, I guess you would have to call it stand-up comedy. I really was preaching, but we never, ever were in a comedy club. I've never even been mm-hmm. inside a comedy club. Once, I went to see Paul Krasner do a, t- a charity show uh-huh. and, in Cleveland. and and. Uh, that was the only time I've, he's the only time, he's the only stand-up comedian I've ever seen. Him and Timothy Leary, who uh, got to be really good at stand-up. Yeah. He was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, he he was another guy who was like, kind of went nuts for a while. But uh, after enough real-world problems, like being held hostage in Algeria and going to prison and stuff like that, his stand-up career was really great. I used to be involved. Why well, still? My wife is still director of a of a the, one of the bigger neo-pagan festivals called Starwood Festival. Right. It's, uh, world music and uh, and workshops, new agey stuff, but also science stuff, all kinds of things. It's it's yeah. it's really fun. They. I thought I thought they were going to ambush me because I had made fun of all that stuff. But they they wanted me to come and make fun of the humorless pa- pagans. The funny pagans wanted to piss off the humorless fundamentalist pagans, and I, I was <laughs> I, I was their mascot for that. And anyway, uh, Starwood Festival had uh, uh, Robert Anton Wilson come and speak many times. In fact, I got to to, to uh, have a, a go to kind of a party with uh, Shay and Wilson. Nice. We had Shay and Wilson both at Winter Star uh, Festival, and they talked about movies the whole time. They, yeah. were such, they were such movie buffs. It was it was really fun to watch these two heroes of mine having fun like that. The, they they were pretty old. Uh, Wilson was already in a wheelchair. His polio had come back and yeah he was in a wheelchair but uh shay who uh, i guess had been divorced met 
his true love at at uh, one of, at our event, and they got mm-hmm. married, and she then uh, then then they died. But uh, uh, yeah, that went that Starwood Festival. I got to regularly. Uh, they had Tim Leary, and uh, he was very friendly to to us. He's real supportive of Sub Genius, like Paul Krasner. Uh, who contributed, Pope Bob contributed a story to uh, to our book, Three-Fisted Tales of Bob, which right. was an anthology of genre takeoffs. Is that uh, the somebody... uh, Horrors of Howth Hill? Or Howth That's Hill? right, yeah. So his was a Lovecraft. He kind of yeah. mashed up Lovecraft and uh, Subgenius, which already had, you know, sw- well, we swiped from all the great religions. It's like a a Frankenstein monster pieced together from the parts of dead religions. Scientology, Mm. uh, the Masons, uh, everything, everything. The great mystery schools um, and and Lovecraft, of course. And if I was following you earlier, well, one, I found it wonderful that that you could find a copy of Illuminatus at an Albertson's grocery store. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right. And, yeah, and then he, you read that, and that was part of the inspiration behind the church. Or you were already thinking about it. Well, yeah. we were already thinking along those lines, but it it was it was like, yeah, these guys are already doing what we were going to do, and so. Uh, uh, in, in, in 1979, Philo and I pieced together that pam- that first subgenius pamphlet, and it was right after I had printed it up and started sending it around to publishers that I realized that the Principia Discordia was real. And I saw a, somebody handed me a Z. It was only a Xeroxes then. Yeah, that's what you didn't say photocopy then. You said Xerox anyway. He. They, and and I was horrified. It was like, oh no, they're people are going to think we just straight out copied them, which is is not entirely true, you know. <laughs> it was where our stuff is mostly quite original, but we it's full of tips of the hat, you know. It's got tips of the hat to to Devo. They noticed, and mm. of course, when that first Devo album came out, it had the it's Chichi Rodriguez's face, but it looks kind of like Bob. And again, we're like, oh God, everybody's gonna think we 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 stole that from Devo or something. Uh talk David Byrne when he did his movie True Stories, well, he was a deuce paying subgenius, and he wanted to do a subgenius scene in it. And uh it but but when the the mon- when he got the money, suddenly it wasn't really his movie, it was the Pressman Corporation's movie. And they decided we didn't have enough of a track record. So they hired a fake preacher and somebody else to do the media backdrop and everything. But the song Puzzling Evidence was named after our friend Puzzling Evidence, who was had the first subgenius radio show starting in 1982 in Berkeley, uh, KPFA in Berkeley. It's okay. still on. Yes. Puzzling wow. Evidence is still a show at KPFA Berkeley. After, uh, yeah, since 1982, it's like 40 years now. My show, The Hour of Slack, started uh, in Dallas in 1985. And I did that until station management changed. They kicked me out. 
but I'd already syndicated the show to a bunch of other stations. So I produced it from home and continued sending cassettes out. And then when I moved to Cleveland, uh, Cleveland was strangely enough, the most subgenius friendly city in the United States. There, there was a reason for it. There was a, an activist who'd gone around plastering bob heads everywhere in town. There's still a lot of them are still there. Oh, so people great. were seeing that face since the 80s. And uh, the, the radio station there, WCSB, Cleveland State, played my show, The Hour of Slack. And then when I moved there, uh, I started doing the show back in the studio there. And with a lot of help from some talented people. And we did that until I moved back to Texas. And I still was doing it from home here, but I was, I'm getting deaf, got tired of the routine. So now I'm doing, and now I'm playing with AI instead. Well, that was a long run for a radio station. So I, we, I get we it. Were, we, uh, that, I did that weekly show Weekly, wow. Yeah, it was a weekly show, uh, longer than uh, Johnny Carson did his show, longer than David Letterman did his his show, although they did more shows. They did them five days a week. But we actually lasted, and we outlasted big corporations like Enron Enron, (laughs) and cult leaders like Elron. Elron Hubbard died... A, a week after I mailed him a pamphlet. That's what I was going to ask you. That's a little auspicious, right? And if I understand, Bill Hicks and PKD were involved in something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel real bad about that. Um, it, it, <laughs> a, a friend of mine happened to be visiting uh, a fan. He was a big fan of Phil Dick. And uh, uh, somebody had given me, I think Paul Mavridis had given me Dick's uh, home address, and I sent him a pamphlet. And my friend saw the pamphlet sitting there, and when he after he he when he, he left Dick's house, as I think his Dick's ex-wife was arriving at about the time my friend left, and Phil Dick died that day. Mm. Uh, and yeah, Bill Hicks. I'd never heard of Bill Hicks really. Uh, like I say, I didn't ever. I didn't think of myself as a stand-up comic, and I didn't really listen to many of those guys. Not even George Carlin, because I, I had a tendency to want to copy him. And when I finally heard Bill Hicks, it was like, oh God, this guy's this. I, I'm embarrassed. This guy's so much such a better preacher than me. I just, I don't. I just so uh, somebody gave me his agent's address, and I mailed it to him, and the agent said sorry. <laughs> That also happened with, uh, well, it mm. wasn't because I mailed my pamphlet, the band Sublime. Uh, there right. was this uh, really, they were really up and coming band, Sublime. And their their lead singer was a big Bob fan. And he put, he put Bob on their actual CD, their first CD. And we discovered that and said, hey, you guys, you guys owe us. You know, you used our art or tried that's a trademark. So they said, well, you can't call the bad time. Bradley just died of an overdose. I'm the bass player. What would you have charged us? I said, oh, about two grand. He said, okay. They sent us two grand. <laughs> Sorry about Bradley. That's our, oh. our, only, our only real rock star that didn't wear a funny mask or have a funny suit. All mm. our other friends are nuts, like Mojo Nixon and Devo and 
of spaz bands, you know. Bob works <laughs> in mysterious ways. He has worked real hard to keep us from ever getting really famous and popular, which, of course, would ruin the entire thing. Right. You know, that, that has always been, people have, that's the, the, when somebody gets mad at, at us, they, they accuse us of selling out. Like, oh, you guys mm. got a book out. Now you got a big head wanting to talk to anybody. <laughs> like, you could, like you could make a living from a book. Right. If you're Stephen King or Daniel Steele, sure. I, I, I get, we get maybe like 600,000 bucks a year from Book of the Subgenius. And I have to split that three ways. So it's, that part of it's a joke. What right. we have, what we, what, but I haven't had to work for anybody else because of those ordainments. So, so selling those little ordainment kits, it's kind of like the ant farm or sea monkeys, both of which were basically an old guy working out of his house, his, his family helping. And everybody had to have an ant farm or sea monkey at one point or another when they were kids. Sure. And every weirdo had to finally send off for that subgenius pamphlet sooner or later. And uh, that's what that's uh, been paying my half of the rent. <laughs> it would be it would be terrible if I wasn't married to someone with a pension. But <laughs> uh, and and I but I got a house that's paid for. And uh, so we're we're okay now. Praise Bob. Yeah, yeah. Bob's been all the Bobs. Well, actually, some Bobs have been terrible. I got to where I didn't trust people named Bob. There were some bad ones, but Bob Wilson was one of the greats. He was so kindly to us and mm. so encouraging. You know, because like when I first wrote him a, a letter, it, my excuse was I wanted to research some ufo thing that he had written about and i sent him our pamphlet and he said hey if you get any deeper into ufos keep your sense of humor but this pamphlet's great and next thing i knew he was helping promote us and you know he uh he did it there's i've got a, on my youtube channel there's a there's a really funny rant he did at uh phenomicon in atlanta that was a great okay. That was a great convention idea, but it only lasted two years. Uh, they, boy, they had they had everybody in conspiracy at that one. I met a lot of my enemies there, and I watched mm -hmm. the skeptic. There was a skeptic guy there, uh, Schaefer. He just started tearing into Bob Wilson because Bob called himself had somewhere in one of his books he was you know Doctor Wilson. And it's like, well, I was given a doctorate by it. And, you know, I can legitimately say that. But um, but that guy really laid into him. Mm. I was stuck in the middle. I was like, I was I was totally pro raw, but I was also I'm also a skeptic. And uh, so I, 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 I've, I've, I'm like a little big man. You know, I'm in two worlds. I know all. I know a lot of people who wrote some of the main New Age uh, books and Bibles uh, because of Starwood, Oberon okay. Zell, Church oh, of yeah. Worlds, right? And Morning Glory Zell, bless her heart. Green uh, Green Egg Magazine. Yeah. yeah um, uh, President Vermin. Oh, Supreme. See, I'm not familiar with Ver Vermin Supreme. That rings a bell. Yeah, that's his name, right? 
Yeah. I think you're right. I just yeah, he, he runs for president every year. Uh, <laughs> he's he's quite he's quite a character. He's like a, a living Emperor Norton sort of guy. Excellent. Uh, really, really funny dude, and he's a good person to have if you're having a street demonstration. His expertise is uh, diffusing the tenseness. He can make the cops and the protesters laugh. Vermin oh. Supreme, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that you haven't heard of him in in raw land. I no, the name rings a bell, but I my memory is not what it used to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, doctor, what's it? doctor, doctor? Memory, memory, doctor. That's it. <laughs> Firesign Theater. That's another a group that was hugely influential on Church of the Subgenius. Uh, there's there've been like four main subgenius radio shows that went on for years and years. Puzzling Evidence Show, uh, Hour of Slack, my show, Reverend Susie the Floozy in Atlanta did a, did a wonderful show called Bob's Slack Time Funhouse for decades. And, uh, and, and there's a bunch of spinoffs now too. But what we all, all had in common was we, we wanted to grow up and be the Fire Sign Theater. And, uh, and we did. And and the fire the uh, uh and the, and the, what's left of them are our friends now. They we got mm. I got patted on the back by all my heroes. I couldn't believe it. And and when, when I was really young, like in the early eighties, uh, uh, I was a big fan of underground comic. Like Sap was the main most famous one. Robert Williams was one of my favorite artists, and Robert Crumb, S. Clay Wilson. Right. And um, Paul Mavridis and Hal Robbins and Jay Kinney in San Francisco were all part of that group. And they were early Subgenius fans. And they, you know, kind of thrust our stuff into, into the faces of the other underground cartoonists. Bob's been featured sarcastically in Zippy the Pinhead a few times. And Crum uh, published, when he did his first issue of Weirdo Magazine, he reprinted the uh, our subgenius pamphlet, and that's where some of our best members first encountered it. Uh, yeah. Heavy Metal Magazine was real nice to us back in the day. People Magazine did a glowing review of Book of the Subgenius, and the Secret Service came to see me because the illustration they used had Bob, Kennedy, Elvis, and Buddha, and an army of subgeniuses with guns facing a hydra, a literal cross-section of a scientific hydra, you know, a microscopic hydra cross-section. Each arm was labeled things like Reagan or any president. Well, that caused the Secret Service to come to my door. And they didn't even wow. have my name right. That was the most hilarious thing. They go, okay, but this is no big secret. My Ivan Stang's a pen name. My real name is Douglas St. Clair Smith. Doug Smith. And the <laughs> Secret Service shows up at my door in like 1982 and says, are you Douglas St. Clair? And at that point, I could have said, no. They didn't even have, <laughs> what crappy, I mean, these are people protecting our president? Right. Jeez. Wow. Basically, they said, well, there's no law against this, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't print this anymore. It's like, okay, I won't. Simon and Schuster was printing it. You know, People Magazine printed it. It's already going. Yeah, 
Yeah, and uh, that particular illustration was so impressive that Devo, with permission, swiped it and redrew it in a Devo sense, made a poster of it. Mm. And but they gave us a plug. They put our PO box that you know, so thanks to Subgenius Foundation, we got a whole bunch of our best members there. So it it was it all grew uh, really by word of mouth, and we didn't expect it to be a social scene. You know, we thought we were going to, we didn't even think we were going to sell it. The first time somebody sent us $10, we freaked out. It's like, what are we going to do? Now we have to do a zine. (laughs) (laughs) And we did, we did, we did do it. We did do a zine. I'm about to reprint those damn zines. Nice. Now that you can do, you know, the, uh, back in the day, the sudden appearance of instant printing was a, it, like allowed people, poor folks like me, to do self-publishing in a limited way. And uh, then we were about to go completely under when the internet came along. The internet saved us. Mm. You know, and uh, now AI has come along and it's going to kill us all. But I'm sure having fun with it first. I'm just, boy, I love playing with that stuff. It can, it, you can You can ask that. I've done this. I said, uh, write a a rant in the style, a subgenius rant in the style of Reverend Ivan Stang against AI, and then write another one that is about how the AI Bob will save the world. And it, it did a pretty good job. My friends wouldn't be fooled, but lots of other people would. It had certain little signature turns of speech that, that uh, that I use, and there's plenty of my rants on the internet for a chappy or whatever AI to read instantly. <laughs> they can't get Bob's pipe right, though. No, nobody's been able to get an AI to do uh, Bob face with the pipe looking right. It's very strange. The mystery of Bob and his pipe. Maybe it's that's something one. that just can't be duplicated. He reproduces well. I'll say that for old Bob. That halftone image has reproduced quite a bit. I'm sitting here looking at him over your shoulder, and it's uh, <laughs> it feels just so familiar. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so like everybody's the dad everybody wishes they'd had. And yeah. That, that grin on his face looks kind of insane. You know, it's, just, yeah. it's not entirely healthy it's something kind of crazy about that yeah the the way he looks i mean we believe me we've tried to figure out we've tried to we've done everything with that damn head you see the masks in the background a a guy named sick rick masks uh made those they're kind of limited edition but he he can make them oh there's uh there's a the what is the sacramento like the doodah parade or something like that there's an annual nutty parade in Sacramento, and l- last year there was a an army of bobs. Uh, our friend John Hagenbrenner, who sculpted the first Bob mask and did a lot of our artwork, all our early art that people, the stuff that everybody copied so much. Uh, John Hagenbrenner learned how to. Uh, he's got a digital scan of of the bust he'd made of Bob. And then they started pressing plastic masks, and he'd use stiff plastic masks, just the front of the face, and he'd hand paint them. And they had like 30 people in 
Bob regalia parading down the street with big banners and things. And they're going to do it again this year. Nice. You know, you've yeah. made it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the St. Stupid's Day Parade in San Francisco, that's another friendly church, uh, the, the uh, Church of the Last Laugh that worships St. Stupid. Um, we're, we're good buddies with Bishop Joey, who's uh, started that church. And uh, there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of, you know, friendliness between the, the weirdo groups. Um, do you remember uh, maybe Logic University? Yes, yes. The on the online university that was uh, inspired by Wilson's. I was uh, I was a member back in the day. Yes. Yeah, they had me teach a sub a subgenius history class, which was it was my it was a way for me to get paid to clean up all my archives and office and figure nice. out what the hell had happened. It was around started around two thousand six. I I went through everything in my house and restacked it by year, and pieced together a timeline of how all this stuff had come about. There was a lot of lot of things I wouldn't have remembered. Uh, every time I move, I get reminded of a lot of stuff. I imagine, huh? Yeah, I'm not going to be moving again. It's done. So do you have that that curriculum then? That seems like uh, uh well I, I, we we're, we're going to turn that into into a, a series of books. Nice. When, okay. But I don't th I don't know if maybe logic is still even running but I did it. Yeah. I did that course like four or five times. Oh wow. Not okay. every not every year but like every other year. And um, yeah, was, uh, some of the other professors were pretty big name eggheads. So that that made you know that made me feel important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I took a few classes from Bob Bob Wilson back when he when they started it. That was a great way to and and we're starting to try and publish some of that material that he had from back then. Um, right. Yeah, I'm really glad to see all that. You know, there's a lot of that happening. Um, I I've noticed that that. Uh, Y'all are still keeping his books alive. We're I'm starting to reprint our old books. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, what instant print was freed us up back in the day. Then the internet, and uh, now it's published on demand, print on demand. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything to have you know Amazon or some somebody print your your damn book. They take half the money, but. Uh, it doesn't cost anything up front. Just right. You don't have yeah. two hundred and fifty bucks sitting in your two hundred and fifty books sitting in your basement, hoping they right. sell. Right, right. I, I, that. If this, this is a much better way. Like our Carrie Thornley book uh, didn't cost us anything. On the other hand, I'm disappointed in how few people bought it. Mm. Uh, our best, our best seller self published book. Now these aren't the famous subgenius books. These are novels by other people so far. Uh, there's a real funny one called Neighbor World that uh, sold, I think, about three hundred copies. You know, that's yeah. that's a lot for a self-published book. Um, but if you have a lot of self-published books, you know, it it, it adds up. Um, I sit here and mail that crap out. I've hidden my mail stuff behind the ah. poster, but. Um, 
you know, I'm just, I, every morning I get up and I fill a, a few orders and my wife takes them to the post office. My, the post office won't come to this house. It's too far. It's too deep in the woods. Driveways, wow. driveways a half a mile long. And there's a goat ranch in between. Well, that must make for some entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My brother is a, a goat rancher. And uh, yeah, so I live on a goat ranch. I'd never be able to afford the property taxes here if it wasn't uh, agricultural like that. Right. Right. Um, but it's, 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 uh, it's great. You could, I could walk around stark naked, uh, all around the the place with goats. Uh, but, uh, except that this is Texas and you'd be crazy to do that because it's everything that grows has spines and sticks and everything that crawls bites. There's rattlesnakes and cactus everywhere. So it's really fun. And goats. And goats. Here they have a thing called goat yoga. I'm not quite sure what to do with that, but. I read about goat yoga one day. I thought that's got to be a joke. Oh, it's got to be a joke. I can't wait to show this to my brother. I was driving along the ranch road and I looked down at the goat field and it was full of women in tights doing yoga. My niece had beat me to, it wasn't, not only was it not a joke, but there was, she had just started a successful goat yoga operation right here in our own backyard, Fantastic. right where I am sitting now. Goat <laughs> yoga, yeah. And what's and so you just do yoga while the goats wander around? Is that? Um, th- not, yeah, basically, it's just and, it's a gimmick. It's a they. Uh, she hired a, a real yoga instructor. And they, she'd have up to like 50 people. Uh, one uh, one attraction was wine. You got wine before the yoga and yeah, after. Yeah. And there were goats wandering around. And let me tell you, nothing feels better than laying on your belly in the grass and having a little baby goat walk up and down your back. It feels oh. great. On the other hand, there are these uh, insects called trumbiculi. Trum- also known as chiggers. Oh. That, uh, yeah, that's why you don't really, I don't do the goat yoga. Not so high. <laughs> yeah. Hard enough just to garden here. That's my next uh, AI project, by the way, is a, 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 a four-page treatise about chiggers. It was therapy, art therapy. And? I could, yeah, I could, if I, I could pull my ankle up here and show it to the camera and everybody would puke. <laughs> well, what was your experience making this comic book with AI? You say you enjoyed it. Do you feel like it went pretty quick and you really like how was uh, it working? No, with actually, actually, it took a lot of work. It oh, wow. A, it, like I said, it, it, the, it wrote 10 scripts that were all terrible. And uh, I kind of pieced together the good parts. And I had to, you know, some of them were past tense, some were present tense, and so forth. I had to, I had to, work on that a lot and uh the way i do ai art it's uh, it's almost all on my apps on my phone i use a couple of apps that are real easy to do you can uh, you know in downtime wait and see the doctor in the bathroom extra meditation whatever and you i would i probably cranked out 50 iterations before i got and then had to sort through them to find the one that was sort of close to what I was going for. 
you can't just say, hey, make me a picture of a rotifer wearing armor. It's going to give <laughs> you all kinds of interesting things, but you, you might have to do it 50 times before you get one that's even vaguely close to what you want. Okay. Uh, my, I, I sent it to my artist, one of my artist friends, and he said, well, I like your comic book, but I'm not happy at my new job at Safeway. Like because he'd been implying oh, that it was going to put him out of work. He was a working artist, you know. Yeah. And here I was. Uh, I, I I'm an artist. I'm a cartoonist who, who doesn't draw very well. So I've done my cartooning every other possible way: stop motion animation. Uh, I've made myself into a human cartoon, ranting on stage. A radio show that's basically a cartoon soundtrack, you know. And, uh, mm. and now, but and now with AI, I can crank out really bad art and just hey. the most disgusting nudes. I'm thinking about doing a, a calendar called Horror Porn. <laughs> <laughs> Horror Porn by AI. Yeah. yeah. AI even staying. Mm. I, I turn it. The A's and Ivan staying into an AI when I do that. Ah, I, gotcha. I, I don't want people to think I'm cheating, you know. I'm going to give credit to the real artist, which is the AI that has stolen from the techniques of a billion other artists, which is what every artist does. That's what I don't understand, that complaint. It's like, but they're, they're copying our st the styles of real artists that I know. Like, yeah. All the artists that you know copied styles of artists that they like. That's how you learn to do it. You practice. Yeah. <laughs> they, I just, and I and like I say, it, it, the editing. But that really, that's that's always been my forte is editing, uh, mm. editing pictures, editing sound. I was a film editor when I had to make a real living, a uh, video editor and a script writer. But it, it, everything has been editing, and so the AI requires a lot of that and it's fun right right <clears throat> i can i can make decisions really fast and make a, a folder full of outs in seconds i could get 50 pictures thrown out in the trash in very little time when end up with five where the real head scratchers like which one well nobody's going to know what the other ones looked like so what the hell <laughs> as long as you don't use human beings in it too much Although they're getting better at that, I mean, I've yeah. seen some. I've seen some AI stuff that was frighteningly good. Uh, you know, I mean, really, it was just really good art. Somebody had a good idea, and they knew how to coax the some of those the ones like Chat uh, or what is it, uh, Dolly, yeah, Mid Mid Journey. You you have to be good at verbally telling it exactly right, right. Uh, I think that's, that's the that, human talent is to coax the AI to get what right. you're looking for. That's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just make it do a million things and then grab the one that looks kind of okay. It, but it always makes a bunch of other stuff that you weren't expecting. And I found myself making a new project out of the things I did just for fun. Uh well, I, I ended up going, wow, these could, you could do something with these. You can make trading cards. I'm not going to put go. it, I'm not going to put them in museums or anything. Uh, unless it's a cartoon museum, but 
uh, but yeah, trading cards, calendars, things like that. We'll see. Yeah. Those well, I, I have do to have to pay for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That adds to some expense, right? It's, I was just thinking like you can create a pack of trading cards and put one in every subgenius package you send out. Yeah. Well, we kind of do that. Yeah. 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 You, yeah every, everybody gets the, uh, the Dobbs head sticker. And here's a, here's a nice little postcard for X day. Nice. Goodbye forever to planet earth. That's a forever X day card. It doesn't say it's. It says, "Look at our website for the address this year." <laughs> a couple of years we had to we had to do them in place. So, twenty twenty, the COVID year, it was a bit giant Zoom meeting with fifty people. That was sort of fun. Yeah. Couldn't understand a word anybody said. I did all my performing by pantomime, <laughs> like a silent movie, because everybody's talking. You know. Right. Well, I'm sitting here staring at the Bob over your shoulder with his big eyes saying, join us. And I'm feeling like I need to, to send in my 44.95. Subgenius.com. Subgenius.com. And yeah. is there something that, that I, I think you tried to distribute pamphlets at laundromats? Is there more to the history of the subgenius that has to do with laundromats? Uh, well, uh, when, when, in, back in, in the in the seventies, uh, I had to get my clothes washed in the laundromat and didn't own a washer or dryer. We you'd go to a laundromat and the Jehovah's Witnesses always left copies of Watchtower. Mm. What's, the, what's the other one? Uh, they had always had they had two two, and the John Birch Society would leave little pamphlets and things. And my buddy Philo and I collected that sort of stuff, and we would sit and compare notes and gaze at the artwork the uh, artwork in jehovah's witness pamphlet publications used to be really amazing uh now it's kind of like i don't know modern day clip art and photos and stuff but they right. used to do these great paintings of you know a giant hand about to crush the earth you know god's punishment coming down and the horror babylon she was always really hot looking you know, and they'd have all mm -hmm. this nice. six, six symbolism, all that stuff. And great paintings. Uh, when I started, I had a short career for fun doing CG art with, with a, a simple program called Bryce and uh, Poser. And I did a, a whole series of pictures that were based on Jehovah, Jehovah's Witness paintings of the end of the world. But of course, they they were CG and they were. Bob and they fly more flying saucers and but mm -hmm. uh but the the compositions were stolen from Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh That's fantastic. You know, the, 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 yeah, yeah, we just we really just wanted to make a pamphlet that would pardon the expression, it was uh, Operation Mindfuck, I guess you could call it. Right, right. We, we, hey. it was like we, we weren't thinking anybody would pay money for this. It still says one dollar on those things, but we have to sell them for two. They, <laughs> but they, uh, uh, it, it caught on in ways that we didn't expect. When when we said 1998, I didn't think that I'd actually have to get up at 7 a.m. every July 5th for 30 <laughs> years. 
but I, I, I still do. That's part of the punishment, huh? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, but it's the only time. That's the only, everybody else has to get up at seven o'clock in the morning every weekday. I can sleep in except on preaching, you know, preachers, preachers have to work on Sunday. Right. This is a reminder of what it would be like to be just an ordinary, everyday. Uh, put on artist. Yeah. Bullshit artist. Right. My father was a lawyer, so I come by the bullshitting and fair and square. Ah, well, that makes sense then. You, you made a, a trade in the religious arts. Yeah, people, people who met my parents would almost invariably go, now I understand. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, you can see where it comes from, because my dad would immediately just start bullshitting, you know. Uh, he was really well, good at that. Well, Reverend Stang, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Is there anything as we close up here? Like the, we got subgenius.com. Spend $1. Actually, that's it. Nobody does that anymore. Whoa. Everything went. Did we get cut off? No, I'm here with you. Oh, okay. My screen just went completely blank. So I'll just assume everything's still working fine. I can uh, see. Anyway, yes. Send $1. Um, if you're in prison and can't get on the internet, here's the post office. It's a short one. Post office box 807 Glen Rose, Texas 76043. Hmm. And that's all at subgenius.com. Yeah. It's showing me a newspaper for some reason. Geo House GOP laying groundwork to impeach Biden's Homeland Security Secretary. Boy, they're going to get, they're going to, they're going to try everything. Things they're are going to leave. They're not going to leave a single stone unturned. They want revenge, baby. Right. They got uh, nothing better to do. Apparently. What's uh, funny. How did, how did that Safari screen? Oh, there it is. It just a new screen. I must have somehow hit new command N or something. Now I now I can see you, and I can see the whole audience. Bob loves you, my friends. Bob, well, he also kind of hates you, and he also doesn't really give a hoot one way or the other. But if you send your money to Bob and get that cool little membership pack and meet, don't be afraid to meet other subgeniuses. They're not all as bad as that one you saw at the party that one time. That probably wasn't even a dues-paying one. They're, they're not. They're they're not as bad as you think. Some of well, some of them are. So you know, praise Bob, and praise, praise Bob. all the Bob, praise Pope Bob. We wouldn't be here without Pope Bob. Mary, I got. I had the great fortune to be able to tell him that numerous times. Any so. and. If you have any final stories about hanging with Bob, I love the idea of you and Bob Shea and Bob Wilson chatting about well, movies. Though, like I say, they talked about movies. Uh, uh, Pope Bob was furious at the third Hannibal Lecter movie because they totally changed the ending. He loved those uh, those Hannibal Lecter movies, except the, the third one they were uh agent what's her name ended up in the book she gets brainwashed by him and runs off and marries him in the in the movie he just like sawed off his hand or something to get away and 
Mm. I forget. It was, uh, and it, but, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I regret that I never got to meet, uh, Mrs. Wilson. I never got to meet his wife. Every time I, we met up, it was, I was like opening for him if he was speaking in Dallas or, uh, or at Starwood or Winterstar, one of those, you know, we ended up at the same conventions uh, sometimes. And uh, he was just uh, always really, really pleasant, really funny. I never, I never saw him, you know, lose it or get mad, uh, mm. but I'll tell you something, man, that guy was terrible with microphones. <laughs> and, I mean, he's just, he, he wasn't, as for a guy that did public speaking all the time, he'd sit way back, like there's Mike would be out over here and he'd be way back here and he'd talk in that Brooklyn accent, that sort of monotone. I can't do it. I can't do that. That was pretty good, actually. I, I was, I was uh, shocked when I first heard him. It's like, What's, this guy's just, just a hobucker like me. He's, he's got an accent. That, that I associate with sort of like big city rednecks, you might say. Just what I probably, sure. especially when I was younger, had more of a Texas accent. I probably sort of struck Yankees that kind of that way. Uh, but but he, I always ended up having to run up because nobody else had the nerve to do it. And I'm a sound technician along with other things. So I, I'd run up there and, pull the mic in and, you know, twist everything around, get it right up to his face. Of course, he tried to be, <laughs> he's still trying <laughs> to pull back from it. Uh, there's a, a movie, the Maybe Logic movie. Right, uh, right. That I had some of the only footage. People weren't like filming his, his, uh, his, ta ta his lectures. And mm. I did every chance I could get. And they were just, you know, high eight video one camera locked off but at least there was that uh so i was i was useful in that respect uh, there's not video, a lot of video out there oh and, yeah oh and speaking i should mention god how could i forget there's a feature-length documentary about church of the sub genius okay it's excellent it's i couldn't ask for a better thing we didn't do it we did we did okay. ours it's called arise only sub genius it just it only works on People are already subgeniuses, but this movie, the title of it is J.R. Bob Dobbs and the Church of the Subgenius. That's the title. It was finished in 2020, and uh, there were no theaters. So it never got into theaters, but it was oh, a wow. lot of film. It was, it was premiered at South by Southwest. I was there for that. Uh, it was directed by a woman, uh, Sandy Boone of Austin who was uh, a widow of a subgenius friend of ours, and she wanted to get a directing credit. So she thought, I'll do a documentary about the subgenius. That'll be easy. Well, all of her money later, she had a great <laughs> film. She hired, she hired the best people, the, the editor, the writer, the camera work, everybody involved. It was, it was a joy to work with that crew for me, because I'm from film background. And they, they they were real pros. The editing just is stupefying. And you can see it free on Tubi. Tubi. With okay. Yeah, Tubi has it for free. But um, uh, actually, if you, there's a little link right at the top of subgenius.com. tells you everybody who's streaming it. I think okay. Amazon, it was on Prime for a while. 
and I, I can still watch it on Prime because I bought a copy, but uh, uh, I don't think it rents on Prime. But there's several others that um, I'll find it. We'll not, get the it's word not out. Net, not on Netflix, but it's but it's available if you search for it. J.R. Okay. Bob Dobbs and the Church of Subgenius. You can watch it for like three bucks or something, and it's great. It's really good. There's also excellent bootlegs going around. The, the, an hour after it debuted on Prime, my buddy Philo had already downloaded a really good copy of it off the off the internet. It, it took one hour for that thing to to get into circulation for free. So you can you know you can get it for free. Yeah, praise but Bob. Help help Sandy, man. Okay, rent or buy a copy of J.R. Bob Dobbs and the Church of Subgenius. It's hilarious. It's really, really funny. It's really well done, and it gets pretty dramatic in a few places too. We've had some iffy situations that were. That's where my home movies came in. I, I let her. I gave her all of our archives, and I'd been I'd been filming our shows for and everything else for years. Uh, I, I even opened for Guar, the rock band Guar five nights in a row before we realized that spoken word doesn't work in a heavy metal crowd. Yeah, not what they're I looking got, for. I got pelted <laughs> with, with beer cans and silver dollars and stuff. It really hurt. They hit you in the head. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully you're able to pick up the dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was worth it. But yeah, see what I mean? All of our rock star friends are the kind that wear masks and have funny names. Right. Well, Ivan, I appreciate your time. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. We'll make sure to get links to all those things in our show notes. And uh, thank you. Yeah. When when do you think, when will it be on? Thanks. Well, that's the, this will be our 23rd episode, which is you know, right. sacred number in the yeah. mythos of Bob. And uh, it's going to release on July 23rd. And I, I didn't plan this at all. But it was released right. on July 23rd, which is the 50th anniversary of Bob's uh, July 23rd serious contact. So this is a rather auspicious episode. <laughs> Praise all the Bobs. Praise That's all the Bobs. I will. Uh, 23rd. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on your 23rd. Yeah. That, is, I bet that's, that, that makes me feel great. Wait till my wife hears that. She's one yeah. of those. She's one of those people who's the Discordian first. And she saw. She sees every twenty-three that appears anywhere. Spooky mm. and crazy. We decided to make it our secret number is two seventy-three because it's just the more rare, a lot more rare. Uh, oh well, there you have it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I I, I really enjoyed it. One of the I, sh I should be interview. I'll interview you next time if I ever do my get my show going again. Be happy to. Okay. All right, I'll let you go. I I am full. Kind of rest my brain. Yeah, me too. Thanks again, Ivan. That concludes the episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Praise all the Bobs. A big thank you to Reverend Stang for taking the time to talk. 
Thank you to Christina Pearson of the Robert Anton Wilson Trust and Richard Rossa of Hilaritas Press. And a big thank you as always to Ryan Reeves for putting it all together. For the next regular episode releasing on the 23rd of August, I chat with Crowley biographer Richard Kaczynski. Until then, I am your host, Mike Gathers, signing off with love and cheerfulness. Amor a Hilaritas. <laughs>